give me one shot here on a blue chip stock, believe me, Kevin, the only problem you're going to have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What's good, NBA Draft World? Your boys are back. It's the Wolves of Ball Street. Your boys from the Draft Act NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Corey Tulliba. And I am here again, back to back episodes. We're missing, <laughs> we're missing Albert uh, again. He's he's been really busy with you know life stuff. Um, he'll be back soon. So MJ coming off the bench again. Tyler Rucker, you're again. Here. welcome. You know, so good they had to do it twice. Um, Albert's on the trading block officially. No, we're kidding, <laughs> Albert. We we miss you, but um you know what better way to come back on the draft deck and talk some more draft with you how are we doing Corey? how are we feeling man it's playoff basketball is in the oh. air um you know we just uh we're doing a, a little home and home here we you know just did the uh the no ceilings podcast which was really fun it's uh it's a great time of the year for basketball you know it's gonna go take us through these these dull months and then we're right into the draft and it's you know summer league and i mean it's just all sorts of great times to be a basketball fan so i'm excited i hope everybody's excited because we have an episode that may surprise some of our our listeners some of our viewers on the youtube channel we're gonna cover toledo guard ryan rollins today yes now ryan rollins might be a name that some of you have never heard of uh but you need to now Quickly, I'll go through. He's 19 right now. He'll be 19 on draft night. He is a sophomore guard. He's currently younger than Chet Holmgren, Ty Ty Washington. He's two days older than Jaden Hardy. So although he's a sophomore, he is uh, the same age as many of the freshmen in the class. He's 6'4", 180. No reported wingspan, but if you watch the tape, definitely a plus. He's got long arms. Put up 18.9 points per game, 6 rebounds, 3.6 assists to 2.2 turnovers, 1.7 steals. Shot 46.8% from the floor, 31.1% from three, 80.2% from the line. True shooting percentage of 56, PER 24.7. Now, again, many of you are, are probably not super familiar. Ryan Rollins is a bit of a sleeper right now. He is not listed on the current draft act. He didn't have any hype coming into the year. He's been unlisted the whole year. He is currently at number 70 on ESPN's top 100. The Athletic has him at 30, not ranked on Tankathon, not ranked on Basketball News. Bleacher Report has him at 43. Sports Illustrated, he was unranked. No ceilings, we had him at 48 as a collective. Average stock price of 54.3. So you're, you're, you got to be wondering, you're doing a a second round guy, like a late second round guy, maybe an undrafted guy pretty early. Tyler, I ask you at 54.3 with all that said, is Ryan Rollins stock price too high, too low, or is it just right? I mean, I, I feel like it's too low. Um, this is where you start waving. You, you you fire off the sleeper siren quickly in the in the draft community. I think the thing with Rollins is like you spot your spot on Corey with talking about you know a lot of people weren't expecting him to kind of be a name thrown into this draft class, but he's been buzzing. 
he was buzzing towards the end of the year. Um, when you when you turn on the tape, it, it doesn't take long to understand why. Okay, this could be this could be a diamond in the rough. This could be something special. I love everything I've seen from him. It's one of those guys that the more you watch, the more you become a fan. The more you want to keep watching, it's like contagious. You, you can't turn your head away. Um, so I, I, I would buy as much as possible if it was at that price. I mean, get me on board as quick as possible. So just like you're saying, young guard, um, sophomore took the step forward in his sophomore year when it came to like his production, he can score from all over the place. Um, I'm a big Ryan Rollins fan and he's one of those guys that's rising up my personal draft board as well. Where do you have him right now? What range? Cause you know, it's it fluctuated. Um, these things you got to sit down, start moving guys around. What what range do you think you'll ultimately have him in? So I had him, you know, I, I'm starting to do my deep dive on him. I had him before that, just kind of briefly watching him. I had him at 36, and, and I, hmm. I know some people out there. You know, you're listening. You just heard Corey say all those prices. You're like, wait, ESPN's got him at 70. Like, blah blah blah. Doesn't even have him ranked. Like, he's one of these names that there's a wide range. There's some people that believe that he could be a first rounder. Um, there's some people that think that he's a second round sleeper. I mean, Rollins is a guy trending upward in a hurry and, and it doesn't take long. Like I said before, for you to fall in love with this game, he's silky smooth. He's under control. He can score at multiple levels. Um, I just love his game. And, and it's one of those guys I feel like every draft cycle, I find a guy that's like this in the second round where I'm like, man, I love watching this guy play. Like, this could be something. This could be one of those, those like out of nowhere, like, oh, he goes 28th. And you're just like, whoa, okay. Like, all right. Someone's really believing like we were. So um, how about yourself, Mr. Tullaba? Where are you at with, well, with Mr. Rollins? Because I have a feeling I know where this answer is trending. The, the fact that I chose to to highlight Ryan Rollins this week uh, in yes. the draft process <laughs> lends everyone to believe spoiler alert he's way too low yes i have him at 17 right now on my board whoa all right okay this and is I'm my not, type of episode let's i'm not gonna it. lie i'm not gonna lie he might end up in my lottery yeah i fucking I, love this kid's game man i am perplexed this is gonna be a lot of ryan rollins propaganda and we are going to break down his game in, in a way where we're not just pumping him up because he definitely has things that he needs to improve on but I'm watching this kid and I'm just going, he just needs that week on draft Twitter where everyone starts talking about him and people realize how freaking good he is uh, because I watch him and there are going to be some parts of this show where I, I say some stuff. He, he averaged 18.9 points per game uh, this year as a sophomore um, as a 19 year old. He, that's the highest scoring mark amongst 19 year old in, in the country uh, for at least sophomores, probably freshmen, right? This kid is a, a as buckety as you could possibly yes. get. Yes. And um, you know, the fact that, that he plays in um, a mid major is definitely one of the reasons he he's flew under the radar. He wasn't getting the ESPN games and, you know, the people will, are definitely going to talk about the competition that he plays against, which is completely fair. Um, but, you know, we watched a guy like Patrick Baldwin Jr. go to a mid-major and completely shit the bed as a potential right. top five guy. And Ryan Rollins had every bit the attention 
and from the scouting reports that a guy like Patrick Baldwin Jr. had this year and the dude balled out. So I, it's way too low for me. And, you know, I, I just can't see when we look back, like, cause here's the thing. We look at these lists and we go, all right. So his, his stock price is somewhere around 54 right now. Right. Like I don't want to be the maniac who puts him too high to seem like, I'm just trying to be crazy and get attention. Like you don't want to do that, but it's also like there's this consensus group think thing that happens where you're almost afraid to go against consensus. Cause you're like, wait a second. Why does everybody else have them so low? There's gotta be a reason. I don't want to be the one who moves them high. He's gotta be low. And that's just not how the draft world works. And the one thing I think I'm becoming more and more comfortable with is like, the confidence in my evaluations and in my rankings. Now, you know, when I say like, Oh, I might have him in my lottery. Well, if he ends up going in the second round, part of it is opportunity. And like, even though I think he's a lottery talent, he might not ever have the same opportunity as a lottery pick who you just, you know, your owner is going to be like, we draft this dude in the lottery. We got to get him minutes. Like uh, the front office is saying to the coach, we got to get him minutes. Like there's less pressure for a guy who is probably going to go, you know, late first, maybe after workouts potentially second round, maybe even undrafted. So, you know, there's, there's a road ahead, but from a strictly talent perspective, I think this dude has been getting on just slept on so hard. And I don't think there's a big difference between his skill set and the skill set of some of these lottery guards that we're talking about um, in this draft. And it sounds crazy, but like every time I watched him, I'm just like, Oh yeah, no, I, I should feel confident in how I feel about this kid. Cause I, it's just something like there's a silky smoothness to his game that it just passes the eye test and he's got the numbers to back it up. So I, I think he's got one of these games that it's like you put him in an NBA context and it might only get better. When you do this long enough as like me and you have done it uh, when you're evaluating prospects and, and you get to a point where, everyone gets nervous about going against the consensus, like you're saying, but there also gets to a point where when you, when you put in the work, when you put in the time and you see a guy, you, you, you go all in, you, you say like, fuck it. I'm in like, let's just, let's go to war. I don't care if people have them ranked in the 45th part of their boards and I have them in the top 20. Like I believe it. And you know, something I like to do when I'm watching guys and I'm like, now, you know, I've been watching them all year, but now is where I get like, okay, full slate. Let's get yeah. real deep into it. And I started watching Rollins and, and prep for this episode. And what I like to do is I kind of like to throw a number in my head. Like, where would you take them right now? And, and right as I got into it, I was like, I'd take him the first. I, I was just like, I would take him in the first round. And then as you watch, I kind of like to go, okay, am I above or below that line? And when I watched him, I was like, what the fuck am I missing? Why is this guy not a first rounder? I was like, this dude can play. He is a bucket. And you just see how smooth and under control. And he's not like that super bursty, like really fast. He has that sneaky speed where it's just like, it, it's not like a jolt. It's like, yeah. he can just slowly. He glides, speed. Yeah. He glides through the lane. He glides past people, but he also can just stop on a dime. And he's got that beautiful shot. And then you He's just incredibly agile. Yeah. Incredibly agile. Yes. And, and you just keep watching and you're just like, man, this kid can play. Like what, what's the story? What am I missing? So I'm right there 
with you, Corey. Like I'm, I'm halfway to jumping on that Island with you because I just, the more I watch him, the more I'm like, this dude could be a steal. This could be a highway robbery. I mean, what's going on? What am I missing? Like, and I feel very similarly to Jalen Williams, our friend Jalen Williams. Yes. I feel very similarly, man. I feel very similarly where I'm just like, come on, like let's, basketball players that can hoop can hoop yes (laughs) like um i have them both firmly in 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 the first round so but you know this is a ryan rollins episode but it's the same thing it's just like all right let's 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 do this we did it last time we've been doing it every week all right you had ten dollars to invest i love this game in ryan rollins blake wesley (laughs) <laughs> you brought the wrong guy on this show and Jaden hardy <laughs> um oh gosh Corey, what is going on um yeah okay it's a, okay it, these are i i I'm, i was proud of this one yeah this is a good one i'm sorry for everyone i had a lapse there i'm gonna go uh I'm going to go six bucks on Jaden Hardy and four bucks on Ryan Rollins. And I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry for the Blake Wesley fans out there. I'm just not there. And and I hope I get there one day, but I ain't there yet. If I had to give my money up for Blake Wesley, um, I'm shout out Blake. If you somehow are listening to this, but you ain't getting my money right now. (laughs) I love it. And I Um, like him. It's just, I'm not there. And and, you like him going back to college for another year, showing out and making the Jaden Ivy leap, right? Like that's, that's, that was my dream for Blake Wesley, but you know, not all dreams come true. (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) give, I'm going to give Rollins $6 of my money. Okay. I'm going to give Hardy four and I'm also not going to give any money. Wow. I had this, I I I love the movie Rudy, by the way. (laughs) I started, I started, uh, having, these flashes of Blake Wesley where I'm just like, does anybody remember Jarrett Culver? <laughs> and, and I'm getting a lot of Jarrett Culver from him. Oh boy. Yeah, I know. Which seems weird. Cause you're like, Oh, you, you've said on plenty of podcasts that you love these bucket getting <laughs> like guys who might be six men, like Josh Christopher and Cam Thomas. And like, and I'm like, so if I'm out on that kind of guy, there's something I, there, I smell a skunk. Um, yes. as they say, but yeah, I'm going to give six to Rollins four to Jaden Hardy. And that's how much I believe in, in Rollins as a, uh, NBA prospect. I Jaden Hardy is a guy that has been slept on as well. We did an episode on him. Um, and he's a guy that can return some major, major value where he's being mocked. And I think Rollins is the same thing. I think like anywhere after the lottery, Rollins is a type of swing that it's like to me completely worth it. I, I would not argue again if value wise, if you could get him in the second round, obviously that's preferable for a team. But just from a strictly value, I'm not gonna uh do the Josh Primo thing where I freak out because a team took Ryan Rollins and most people just aren't that familiar with him. Uh shout out to everybody uh in in the chat on YouTube. Uh, Swish Talk says Rollins gives me some Trey Man type of vibes. Hey, yes, Swish Talk, get on that bandwagon. I love me some Trey Man. We love us some Trey Man. Step back, uh, King Trey Man, and uh, there's definitely some Trey Man vibes from from Ryan Rollins. It's shifty, slithery. We'll get into that. Uh, Zachary Okab- uh, Okoba. My only major problem is his three point shot, and that's okay. something we'll talk about. And we might yes. as well transition thank you zachary for that transition we'll get right into it 
Thanks for the oop. 31% from three. Um, very similar to his freshman season percentage-wise. Are you a buyer or seller of his shot in the long term? Buyer? Um, just from what I've seen, you know, the tough thing is with those with the chasing the stats. Is like I like to try to watch guys before I f- fascinate on the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you do, if if you look at the numbers first before you evaluate a guy, then you're like in the back of your head every time he makes a three, you're like thirty one percent, thirty one percent. Like, so I like to see like, okay, what's the foundation? What's it look like? And, and I think he's got a beautiful shot. Um, now we have to come around to that 31% because is it just the high volume? Is it the role or the situation he's been put into at Toledo to kind of be that offensive guy that's going to get buckets, lead the team. I I come away impressed with his shot. I, I think it's definitely something that could be um, a positive moving forward. Now people hearing that are like 31%. It's like, yeah, this happens with college guys. You know, they, they have to, you have to take into consideration what situation they're playing in. So he's at Toledo. They're asking him to carry the offense. Um, looking in front of me, he averaged 13 points as a freshman, 18.9, like Corey said earlier, as a sophomore. But like his shot attempts, you know, he he went from 11.3 as a freshman to 14.6. That's a pretty damn big jump for a guy. Um, but, you know, also he got to the line 1.5 times more per game. So it's just one of those situations where I think, we can fascinate with numbers. We can. It, it's very easy. All of us do it. We go to the box scores right away. We're like, okay, what type of shooter is he? And we see 31%. We're like, oh, he can't shoot. It's like, no, I mean, if you go look at Patrick Baldwin, I, I promise you my man can shoot from outside, but his numbers are going to be a, a horror picture. So what about you, Corey? Are you buying it? Are you, yeah. are you kind yeah, of a sold? I, I'm a form guy. Yeah, I am too. I'm a form guy. I'm an eye test guy when it comes to shooting. And the 80, you know, I'm I'm not fully in the, the free throw shooting Yes, can where like free throw translates. There's something to it for sure. Uh, I buy it in certain circumstances. I think this is a pretty uh, good example of that. 80% from the free throw line this year on good volume. And the encouraging thing is like it's the mid range shot. You know, our friend uh, in the comments, San Fran fan 30, says, I'm not worried about his three point shot. I think right now his range is more the midi, but with time he'll stretch it out. And I feel the exact same way. That's a I great point. Um, 31%, I think part of that is due to the type of shots he takes. You know, yes. he's the number one option. He's taking a lot of tough shots. Um, and I say that as a positive because, you know, you need to be a tough shot maker as a number one option. And he does that. It's very similar to Johnny Davis in and how I feel about his three-point percentage, where uh, I think the form is definitely workable in the long term. And he just was forced to take a lot of tough shots. Similarly to Johnny Davis. Dude is a smooth operator in the mid range. Uh, it's clean. It's repeatable. Like it looks smooth. You wouldn't look at his form and be like, this dude is going to be, you know, building a brick house. Uh, according to our friends at Instat, he was in the 95th percentile in the mid range. So, which is a big number. Yeah. That's a, a, that's a fantastic, very, very big number. Fantastic number. And when you watch it, like it matches the eye test too, because the, the way that, you know, this dude operates there, and it, this goes into the the self-creation ability that he brings to the table is freaking advanced, man. You know, I, when I'm watching and when I'm scouting and, you know, this is a, a tip for people that want to get into it and get better. You know, 
you start, you chunk things. Okay. So what that means is like, you start looking for patterns that, that repeat itself. And there are, you know, obviously there are many kinds of scouting, right? Maybe you're scouting a team's plays. So you're trying to look for the similar actions, right? And you put that together, you clip it up and you can put it all in one sequence. And then you learn different counters. Um, if you're watching an individual player, you're starting to look for tendencies and different uh, moves that look the same. Does the person continuously go to their right and never use their left? Are they uh, always as a finisher, similar to Tari Eason? Are they always trying to get back to that right hand? Yes. Like yeah. all these things that you're looking for, what's their go-to move, right? When, in, in the mid range, Rollins is just a friggin' when he's at that like mid post area, he's got the ball there. There's just, advanced beyond his years some of the moves that he does like dip his shoulder step back you know like he'll he'll mix up the the speed of his dribbles and it's like all he's doing is turning into your shoulder and just waste not wasting any movements not over dribbling just like a couple of dribbles boom space creation shot uh obviously when he's coming off the pick and roll um he's in he's also fantastic and you know i it the way that he can knock down shots coming off screens, like when he's got room, I think he'll be able to kill drop coverages eventually. So I, the faith that I have in his ability as a mid range shooter, the free throw shooting and the fact that he takes a lot of tough shots. Like I, I believe fully that that three point shot is going to translate. Yeah. I mean, you go to the advanced numbers. I think he's 89th percentile as a pick and roll ball handler. Um, 79 percentile is overall offense. Like yeah. we said it before, when you get above 60 at college, that's a big number. So, I mean, 89 percentile as a pick and roll where the NBA is primarily pick and roll. That's a humongous um, selling point. And going back to the 31%, I mean, you know, his true shooting percentage, I know I'm getting a little shout out to the nerds out there with the analytics is 55.9. That's a big jump compared to his field goal percentage at uh, 46.8. No, excuse me. That was per 40. Yes, 46.8. Thank you very much, Tyler. But you compare that to Blake Wesley, and I'm not trying to crap on Blake Wesley. But Blake Wesley's true shooting percentage is 49.5. So, like, that's a big jump for Rollins Tough. compared to – Yeah, I mean, and, and it's like you said, Corey, watching him in the mid-range, he's smooth enough to just lull a guy that's, like, trailing him on the side and then he just stops literally it's like the james harden just stop on a dime and he just okay give me the elbow every time like rise up it's smooth it's beautiful um i think he's just like he's a patient smart like he just knows how to get guys like out of position and take advantage of it and that's the feel for the game that's playing with pace it's playing to your speed like making guys come down to your speed and i think that's something that rollins really does that the more you keep watching him, the more you really understand, like he, he has a bag of tricks and, and he's just waiting to keep showing them to people. And then right when you think you got him figured out, like he, he, he pulls it from deep. Like he has the potential to be a lethal outside weapon. So just one of those guys that it's, it's, you find a sleeper like this and you just start drooling as an evaluator. And, and it's like, you're saying like you find, you try to find tendencies and stuff, but the more you watch Rollins, you just see like, there's some versatility there that um, I understand when the outside the box thinking you're like, okay, yeah, it could be a lottery. And I'm like, that's not crazy. Cause I've been watching them and I, and I see it like someone's got to buy into this because this is, a young kid that has taken a step forward in his second year at Toledo. 
I'm a sucker for when guys like noticeably improve across the board. And I, I see it with Rollins. I'm very, very intrigued. Yeah. And look, this is not the most talented guard class that we've had. Right. 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 But he might have the best handles in the whole class. Yeah. His, it's not a ridiculous statement. I know everyone's And, like, and that's where our, our, our friend Swish Talk, uh, you know, says he gives the Trey Mann vibes. Like, Trey Mann's handle, he's got the ball in a string. Rollins the same way. Like, he has got the ball in a string, through the legs, behind the back, and he will hit you with a violent crossover when given the opportunity. And uh, I'm going to clip it up. I'll find it. There, There's one um, crossover that he had this year where he did the Allen Iverson. No, he did it. On Jordan. That's like, going to move him up five spots yeah, on the big he board did, just because gonna, of that. No, I'll, I'm going to, I'll do the side by side. I'll, I'll try to put it up on, on Twitter. He did the, he did the, the, the Iverson on Jordan crossover top of the key to somebody. And I was like, Oh man, did he do the little and then bring it back? Yeah. He go, did the whole, the whole oh, thing. It was it, the whole back. Yeah. Um, oh. It was amazing. It, now granted, you know, it, he was not crossing over Michael Jordan. So like the impact <laughs> of the move, <laughs> Not not nearly as exciting, but as a basketball nerd, you're like, when you see stuff like that, when you know that like this dude is watching film of a whole bunch of guys and taking things from their game, like that gets you really excited because it's another thing that goes, man, this kid's probably a worker. Like he's diving into some deep film and he's like trying stuff and he's doing NBA things. So I that was really something that I, I thought was really fun. Um, what I'll be interested to see, because again, I buy the form and I buy the shooting is like what his catch and shoot numbers ultimately look like in the NBA when he's also not like the primary shot creator and he's able to share that responsibility with other people and he's able to get cleaner looks off the catch. And I think that'll help him a lot too. Now, something that a lot of big time shot creators lack is knowing what to do when they don't have the ball in their hands. This is something that I was really impressed by with Jalen Green. When I watched him, I always thought, and it's one of the things where, you know, a a little off topic, uh, with some of these guys, sometimes it's really valuable to watch like the FIBA U19 stuff or even younger than that because these guys are playing with basically like, you know, an all-star team of guys in their class. And you get to see them play in roles that they might not be comfortable with. And like Jalen Green in the the U19s, when he was playing with Tyrese Halliburton, who was amazing, uh, Cade Cunningham, uh, Evan Mobley, Reggie Perry uh, was was awesome there. Uh, that team I'm was pretty good. That's some pretty the team good was awesome. So and I'm forgetting like. I'm forgetting everybody. I think Zaire yeah. Williams was on the team. Uh, like it was like the whole class, like and Kyra Lewis was there. It, it was a really good team. And Jalen green, just, I was like, this dude is an awesome cutter. Like he goes back door. He knows when yes. to move his, he times it well. And he did it in high school too, but it was really apparent playing off the talent and how much extra space he had when, when guys had, you know, the attention. And I think you've seen that translate with Shangun, who's like an awesome passer and, Jalen Green's getting some easy bunnies at the hoop this year. Rollins a really good cutter too. He doesn't have that same explosiveness that that Jalen has, and I think when people try to knock him, people will say that his athleticism—he's a uh, a bad athlete. 
but but one i think the the league is consistently going towards skill and uh length and versatility more than athleticism now when you get somebody like anthony edwards who has skill length versatility and the athleticism that's when you get your all-star superstar type guys but um I think that he's plenty quick. He just doesn't have that same bounce that you would want from like, you know, your, your top 10, top five type prospect. But I just love his feel as a cutter. He was the 97th percentile per synergy. That's pretty good. So I, I like guys who can play with the ball in their hands, but when they don't have the ball, they could still find ways to be involved. And I thought Rollins did a really good job of that. Yeah, the advanced number, it's always funny, like, as an evaluator, when you watch guys and you're like, okay, they look like they can do a lot of stuff. Like, what am I missing? And then that's usually when I go to the advanced numbers because I'm like, okay, are the – like, people lean on analytics. I use analytics to – and I'm not saying everyone has to do what I do, but I use analytics to confirm what I'm seeing. Like, yeah. and, and I go look at Rollins and you find some areas where you're like, okay, those are big numbers for important areas. Like you said, 97th percentile um, as a cutter. And you go rank that with some guys in this class, like Ochai Abaji's right there. Um, AJ Griffin was 99th, which is freakish. But yeah, I mean... Not a good athlete, by the way. Yeah, right? yeah. That's what I keep hearing. <laughs> um, but then you see other guys like Kendall Brown. We've been raving all year about his cutting ability off the ball. He's 94th. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, that's a big... Big number, Jeremy Sohan, ninety third. So Rollins up there is like, whoa, like where did that come from? Ninety seventh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not bad. that's not bad at all. So it's just one of these things. With I feel like NBA teams or evaluators, we always just get like nervous as like small school guys. And I'm like, if a dude's a bucket and he can play, the the dude can play. Like we don't need to be a fascinating like, oh, he's not going to Duke or North Carolina. It's like. If you can play and and you're potent, you have the potential to stick in the league, like we should relish that. We shouldn't be penalizing you because you're playing at a smaller school. Like Damian Lillard turned out pretty good um, going to Weber State. CJ McCollum at Lehigh. Like there's just these guys that you know they have that bulldog mentality from not going and to R- big schools. And Rollins, when he declared um, in the video interview with Shams he mentioned that CJ McCollum's a guy he looks up to and he wants to be that next guard from a mid major who comes out and makes an impact. Um, and if I, I think he's got a good a shot as anybody is from, from a strictly talent perspective, let's go to the chat really quickly. Um, San Fran fan 30. Again, he says he's currently 21 on my board, just behind Malachi Branham and just above Bryce McGowns. Ben Darling responds with Branham top five, which Rucker, I know that's that getting your Kool-Aid. juices flowing. <laughs> I love that take. I'm t- <laughs> but I'm telling you, like this is the this is the part of the year where that stuff's going to start happening. And I'm not saying it's Brandon. I'm not saying it's Rollins. But those those type of guys are going to happen. They're going to get some workouts. Like Rollins might go to a workout and and light the damn building on fire. And, and then yep. you guys are going to come here and be like, "Well, you guys told us." And I'm gonna be like, "Yeah, the dude, we did. Dude's smooth, and, and he's a bucket." Branham, I love. Um, I just did a yeah. deep dive on him, and I was like, oh, boy. I, I'm about to get crazy with the Branham love. So I get it, but that's – I always believe NBA teams are going to drool over guards that can become offensive weapons. Rollins and Branham, they have that ability to be multi-level scorers, and I think Rollins is just that sleeper that 
didn't get enough buzz like you're talking about, Corey. Didn't have the national spotlight all year playing at Toledo. Didn't, you know, he wasn't playing at Duke. He wasn't playing at Ohio State that's always on TV. So it's just one of these guys that, you know, we even hinted about Jalen Williams earlier. These are the guys that you you fall in love with because those are the ones that sneak up into the late first round that you're like, yep, here we go. Like someone someone's buying into the to the big picture. And and look, the, like the thing about the draft where like if you really feel a certain way about a prospect, like go for it is like we're going to look at these boards. And, you know, here on this podcast, we we'd like to look at the consensus feeling on these guys and try to match it um, to what we're seeing on the, the the film and whether we agree or disagree. But like consensus is always wrong. Yes. Like, yes, it is. you know, it's it's always wrong. Like every year you're like, these are the top five guys. And then you get guys who don't pan out. And there's a myriad of reasons. It's, you know, maybe they got hurt early. Maybe it's the the play style didn't fit. Maybe they had a bunch of veterans in front of them. You know, there, it could be any number. Or maybe the talent, the evaluation was just wrong, right? Yeah, like, there's a number of reasons why guys don't hit. But, like, when you look back on drafts and you're like, oh, look, uh, Gilbert Arenas in the second round. Whoa, that's crazy. What what happened there? Draymond in the second round. What what happened there? And and that's not to say that Rollins is going to be a star on the level of a Gilbert Arenas or, or a Draymond. But like you look back and you're like, whoa, that's a really good player who got taken way too late. And you start going down the line and you're like, all right, 15 of these guys aren't in the NBA anymore. Right. So whatever the consensus feeling is, it's OK to feel otherwise, because chances are whatever the consensus is feeling in the moment is going to be wrong. Um, the Branham thing's interesting because it's really easy to see why yes. this dude is good. You know, it, it sucks. I I had uh, a playoff game for my team that I coach the night that Rutgers played Ohio State. And I was like, I really wanted that to, to go yeah, to see Adele and want. Branham in person. <laughs> like it was like, you know, a little bit later in the year, the hype was really just starting, you know, I really wanted to be behind the bench. So that was a bum out that I didn't get to see those dudes live, but uh, Branham's a guy, I, you know, we'll cover on this podcast very soon because that dude's shot making is just tailor-made for playoff basketball it, yes, it and is. another smooth operator. Um, let's talk about the passing from yeah. Rollins for a little bit because uh a lot of these kind of guards you're just like all right buckets not great playmakers right right that's kind of the stereotype 91st percentile per instat uh as a passer you mentioned him in in the pick and roll and what he could do both as a scorer and as a passer uh raw numbers you know he was 3.6 assists to 2.2 turnovers which is a pretty good assist to turnover ratio um i was Pretty impressed going back because you know I wrote about Ryan Rollins uh, in February I, earlier in, in the the cycle mm-hmm. um, for no ceilings, and you know one of the things that I, I I wrote about with his passing was that like the really great passers, the Chris Pauls, the guys who just have this understanding of the game, they already made the plays before the play happened yes. in their mind. They yes. are proactive playmakers. They know when they come off the screen, 
that the corner guy is going to start cheating in and sinking to the hoop and that the you know that's where the play is going to break down and that's where they're going to force the rotations and that's where they're going to make the plays and if this guy rotates here the ball's got to go chris paul knows all that he knows every tendency ever he's a proactive passer then you know when you get into the paint and you got to improvise at the last second that's the reactive stuff that the greats are also capable of being awesome at and that's like the stuff that you see from like lamella ball where he's like you know there's a loose ball and he goes and does a, a quick two dribble and then like flings it behind his back 45 feet for a fast break. Like just stuff that materializes out of nowhere. Rollins is much more of a reactive passer mm-hmm. right now. I think I agree. You know, I, I think that you don't see a ton of like him coming off the screen and making the weak side hits like those advanced reads, those next level reads that, you know, the big time ball handlers need to make, but he does do a good job of making like split second decisions, reactionary decisions. And when he does draw the help, he is good at, uh, of at least kicking it to, you know, strong corner to the wing, um, to a guy cutting. And in the pick and roll, I think he's a, a really, really talented hitting the roll, man. And I think the pace that he plays with, you, see, you really see it shine there where, you know, he'll do the little things where like, he'll throw a little slight ball fake to get a guy to move or he'll jump up in the air and just like hang there for a second. So the, the help jumps in the air and then his, his jumps all jumbled up and he can, you know, hit his dive man. So I'm, I'm encouraged with him as a playmaker. And I think that's important because while he's not going to come in as this number one option where he gets the ball in his hands, he's going to be making plays like Josh Giddy next year. I do think that if he's in a role where he's like, playing a little bit more off ball sometimes he's going to get the ball attack off second side reads closeouts stuff like that and he'll be able to make those kind of plays um when he's making the the defense make decisions off quick actions like that yeah i think some people think you know just to be a good playmaker you have to make like the flashy passes and and like you're saying Corey, there's there's two sides of being a good passer there's you know reading the defense but there's also reacting to the defense and and i think the reactionary like passing is a really slept on ability um excuse me rollins if you watch him on tape you know because like you said with chris paul chris paul is a chess player he's he's moving the chessboard around before he even wants to like before you even know what hit him he's two moves ahead that's what makes him so special but rollins like I'm I'm intri- I'm impressed. I'm intrigued with what the foundation is because he has the understanding of like where's the ball supposed to go once a guy commits to me, and, and it's the little details that like that's why I love Tyrese Halliburton coming out of Iowa State. Yeah, Halliburton gone. knew, yeah, like threw a ball fake to to get that pass open to the left. He understood how to play a move ahead or how to do the little tiny things that would create that window. And I think Rollins isn't there yet with the advanced reads like you're saying, but there's there's plenty of promising examples where it's like a drive and kick. Like there was a number of times I was like, yep, good kick, good kick. Like he understood where to go. Yeah. It's, it's not like a forcing it too much. He understands like, okay, someone collapsed on me. The help came from the other side. My guy's wide open in the corner and wide open three. And, And that's where it was like, that won't get people freaking out, but that will get teams very intrigued because they're like, he knows, he know where to go with it. He's going to be a, a player that we could put on the court. He's going to keep the offense flowing, be able to find his teammate shot when he doesn't get his own. So, um, yeah, I, I, 
it was one of those where I was like, okay, where, where am I going to find the area of his game that I'm not in love with? And then I found that and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm more intrigued because there's a solid foundation here where it's not like the tunnel vision syndrome. Like he, he understands uh, how to keep the ball moving. And, and when it's not there, someone else is going to be open. When everyone comes down to him and gives him attention, like his teammates going to be wide open for a shot. So I, I, I'm like you, I, I was pleasantly surprised. Like, cool. Awesome. Good, good, solid foundation. You can build off that. And it takes time for his, like the kind of shooting guard that he is. Like those guys traditionally take some time to figure themselves out as playmakers. Right. You know, Devin Booker, Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, like those guys, it took them some years to come yes. into the league and learn how to make plays. Zach Levine is still a work in progress there, um, but has made tremendous strides. And then these guys are four or five years in the league before they start really showing that ability consistently. So especially with how sophisticated NBA defenses are, like that's going to be a struggle for a guy like him coming in who, who if he has the ball in his hands and he's making plays out of the pick and roll, like eventually those guys are going to step up. They're going to blitz him in the NBA, like they're not just going to sit back and let him murder you in the mid range. You know, uh, there's going to be adjustments that he'll have to make and, and it'll start with how do I make plays and take advantage of this? How do I leverage my scoring and turn that into some playmaking? So, um, but like I said, he's unselfish and I think he's going to figure it out. He, he plays with a good pace. He's got the, he's got the NBA kinesthetics, the smooth movement. So, as an offensive package, you know, yeah, I wish that he could jam it down on people like Jalen Green. You know, yeah, I wish that he had the innate passing of of Josh Giddy, but like I, I wish that he could shoot the ball like Jabari Smith Jr., you know, but there are things this is the reason he's not a top ten pick. You know, like he's right, got right. things to improve on. But his base on the offensive side of the floor, uh, to me is just super, super intriguing defensively how did you feel about him defensively shocked um in a good way yeah um i went in and i was like i was watching him and i was like okay i like the offense too much this has got to be where i i come away with a bad taste in my mouth and i was like oh no i i i i'm 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 there i was like i i believe in it Violent hands, in my opinion, mm, just really quick yeah. hands on the defense side of the ball. I think he does a good job of like kind of putting up a base and a, a foundation. Um, I was looking at his splits and throughout the year, the month of December, he averaged 19.2 points, 4.2 rebounds, 2.6 assists, and 3.2 steals mm. um, in five games. And then if, if for everyone saying that's not enough, uh, January in nine games, he averaged – 20.4 points, 7.2 rebounds, 3.8 assists, 1.7 steals. Yeah. But it was just like the 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 floor awareness. Um I saw a couple of examples of like him being him understanding where to be for help, um jumping passing lanes, the the active hands. Guys got up into him and he was like fine. He he had a good base and, and let them kind of attempt to go at him. Um now I still got plenty of tape to watch tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of saying that, but um, I, I, it was just another area. I was like, yep. I'm, okay. I'm buying into the Ryan Rollins experience, but what about you? Obviously you've watched way more than me. 
um, which is, you know, not usually a, a normal thing because, you know, I have no life and just watch draft film all the time. You've been so, busy. Yeah, I've been busy. <laughs> no, just just a little bit busy, a little life busy. But um, what were your thoughts? Because I value your opinion. We usually yeah. see eye to eye. I we're pretty similar here. I mean, you see the length defensively and when he's jumping the passing lanes, uh, def- he's, he's, you know, like you said, active hands, getting deflections, um, the active hands, like even when he's not jumping passing lanes, he's just using his length to, to get straight up and, you know, straight up, steal the ball off, like lob passes, stuff like that. Uh, off the ball, you know, there are certainly times where I'm like, I wish you didn't, you know, turn your back and chase, you know, you, you want to see the guys as much as possible stay, stay principled and, you know, see ball and man. And when you turn your back and you start chasing, obviously that's, that's difficult to see the ball sometimes. Um, But positionally, like he knows where to be. He slides over when he needs to be the low man to help out. He definitely needs to get stronger. You know, um, there are times when he's in help where it's just like, he doesn't really have a chance of altering you know, the shot of a big man who's rolling to the rim, even if he's there positionally. And that might be something he struggles with in the NBA too, because those guys are going to be big. Um, but I do think he's got a good frame. He's got big, broad shoulders for him to get stronger. And uh, he's tough. Like, you know, six rebounds a game is really good for a six, four yeah. guard. Yeah. Um, I think on the ball, he's, I think he's good on the ball. Like he's, he's got great footwork, you know, shout out Ben Darling, who who's called that out. Cause he does. Um, he switches his stance really smoothly. He uses his length. He'll he'll get into the chest and and body up again. Sometimes you see the strength. Guys will you know go into his chest. They'll move him a little bit, and you know he'll contest the shot, and guys will finish. But that's basketball. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't think he projects to be a guy that you're like, hey, sick him. Like go yeah. be Marcus Smart. Go be <laughs> yeah. Davion Mitchell. Like that's right. not going to be his role in the NBA. But like, do I think he's going to be a guy that could be a neutral on that end? Yeah, I do. I think he could be neutral on that end. I I um. And if you can get a guy with his offensive package who will ultimately be neutral, that's a great thing. Do I think he's going to be neutral as a rookie? No, <laughs> I don't. Year right. two, probably not. But uh, as his body grows and matures and he really gets that feel for the NBA game and he, you know, ultimately, hopefully finds himself with some really consistent minutes. Um, I think that he's got a real shot uh, to, to be a, a two-way player and, that's all you, that's all you need. You know, not, not everybody needs to be a, a special Alex Caruso point of attack defender. Um, that's a role that guys play. He's going to ultimately play a different role, but I was intrigued. And, and again, like he does a lot of positive things. He 1.7 steals on the year, you know? So like he's making up his 2.2 turnovers just by getting the steals back this year, you know? And um, which I love. And again, the rebounds, he's finishing possessions and he's able to grab and go off that. So there there's stuff there on the defensive side of the ball. Nothing that I'm like, Hey, you got to watch this game and to see how he locked up this dude. Like I'm not going to give you that game, but um, there, I I definitely think he's solid enough. Yeah. He checks boxes. And and, and just because we're hyping him up, doesn't mean we're saying like, Oh, he's going to come into the, the league and set the NBA on fire. Like, no, this could be a guy like you're hinting at before it takes, it takes a while with some guards, especially like off ball guards. You know, people forget like Devin Booker was at a point in his career where his handles were bad. Like it it was like a problem. It was like, if Booker can figure out his handles, he will take that next step. And, And they were, they got to a point where they were like putting him at the point just to force him to have to be a ball handler and a decision maker Obviously, Chris Ball comes on board and that team really explodes. And 
but you've seen the development. Jalen Brown really struggled with his handles early on, developed into a, a shifty ball handler. But Rollins has like the versatility. And I do think like he has some sneaky handles that really, really jump at you. Um, I, I watched his defense and, and I'm like you. It, I didn't leave being like, oh, Ryan Rollins, all defensive potential. I left no. it being like Ryan Rollins could stick on the on the floor if he needs to. He's gonna be fine. Yeah. Um he like got he looked bigger to me on defense for some weird reason. I don't know why I can't get that idea out of my head, but I like I feel like he did a good job of like using his body to like defend guys when they went at him. And I know you're saying like bigger guys, of course, are going to give them yeah. problems when it's going to like big big opponents. But um, I just thought he was smart with being like, okay, I got to be fundamentally sound to have an advantage on these guys. But I, I yeah, left I that. I don't worry about him on guarding no. his spot. The, no. But so much of the NBA now is being able to guard multiple positions. And right. I do think, look, there was no reported wingspan but uh, that I could find on the internet. But uh, just visually, like, he's got the length to guard up. He needs to get stronger if he wants to do that consistently. But guarding his position, yeah. like you said, yeah, like, he'll he'll get up in you and, and he'll use his size and his, his frame. And with his position, I, I think he's got, you know, play, in his conference, he had plus size. I mean, if he's six, he's listed at six four one eighty. If it, that's one of those guys too, that if he just goes crazy getting ready for the pre-draft and puts on some muscle, you know, weight gain season. But like, if he can get his his body up, yeah, ten pounds of muscle, which always is the funniest statement. But if you can add to that frame and, and you get to like that six four two hundred ballpark, like that that makes you a, a whole different type of animal and. and he's not this guy that needs to be like super quick to, to get by. Like if he can just get guys on his body and, and play with pace, he's going to be fine. So yeah, you, you got me drinking the Ryan Rollins Kool-Aid now, Corey. And I'm trying to do. Yeah. That's what you do. See what you do throughout this process. We see eye to eye on guys. And at the end you're like, Hey, you should, uh, you should watch this guy. So I'm not the only (laughs) one on crazy. Island. I'm trying to I'm trying to jumpstart the the draft Twitter week where everybody freaks out about Ryan Rollins. Um, part it's of me wanted happen. to keep it a, part of me wanted to keep it a secret, but you know, you know, for the, the greater good, we want to see guys do well and get their draft stock up a little bit on uh, in the in the ether. Um, shout out to the chat, everybody watching the show, commenting. Um, there was some good Ron Harper Jr. chat in the uh oh my boy ronnie harper i love that little ron harper jr chat going on in the comments finest i i I saw so many games up close um ron harper is an interesting prospect to go on a quick i love him because he's one of those guys that i think has the potential for the draymond bump which is the he lost 25 pounds and got in really good shape. And all of a sudden all of his skills got accentuated in a way that people didn't really see coming because on the surface, he's got that big switchy, strong wing, multi-tooled, multi-skilled package, but he's just got to get in better shape. And he's got that. Like if he does, he's a guy that maybe like a team takes in the second round and all of a sudden we're 42 games into the regular season and he's playing 25 minutes a night somewhere. Like I could see that with Ron Harper. I, I got hundred percent see it. I think someone's <laughs> going to say, take, take him in the second round and we're going to get him to lose some weight. And then he's going to stick 
that's the guy you want. It's like, he's going to get to the camp and they're just gonna be like, you're going to lose weight. And then once you do, you're going to, you're going to be a valuable asset for us. But I mean, Ron Harper, I just love me some Ron Harper. I I loved watching, you know, his dad, his dad was a machine in the NBA. um, defensively, And I love watching me some Ron Harper jr. I mean, if he could stick, um, and shoot the ball from outside and play great defense. Yeah, they'll they'll find a spot for him. But that's a guy too that goes to the summer league and, and lights the world on fire. Yeah, and yeah. earns a contract, or he goes to the G League and, and isn't there long. So I, I'm rooting for some Ron Harper Jr. to succeed. I've loved watching him at Rutgers. I was behind the bench for the game winner against Purdue, and when that happened. I felt like Simba and the Lion King <laughs> where I was like, Oh no, it's a stampede. I was like, I have to get out of here. Oh, you were saying I'm... that scene? That's bad. Yeah, no, I felt like Simba and the Lion King where the stampede was coming, where the crowd just erupted and yeah. like, you know, running to the court. Uh, and I was like, I need to get out of this arena before I get trampled by a bunch of crazy jerseys. So, uh, <laughs> And you look up, Ron Harper Jr. is just sprinting right at you. You're like, oh, it's like just and what's great? Rutgers has like an absolutely amazing crowd, and it's one of the reasons I think they had such a like uh, a good season where they were yeah. like beating these teams Everyone. that they like nobody thought they should be beating, and they were just their home court, their home court, uh, court advantage was crazy. Um, and from like the so I, I would always sit in like the the, the seats where I'm like, I'm sitting next to coach's wife or like big time donor or whatever. Yeah. And so it's like crazy 65 year old retired alumni to like the drunken student section. And they're all the same personality. It's just like all (laughs) rowdy people from New Jersey. And it was just frightening after he hit that shot and needed to get out of there, but he had some big moments. Um, (laughs) Let's uh, let's move on. Get back to Ryan Rollins. Are there any teams that you have in mind for Mr. Rollins that you think would give him the best ROI? Because I got a few. If we're if we're talking first round, yeah, Dallas, are we talking first round? Okay, Dallas. If we're talking first round, Dallas at twenty six is a team I'm eyeing. Yeah, I think. Spark plug, self-creator, who knows what's happening with Jalen Brunson. That could be a team that interests me a little bit. A little offense. Um, you see what, it, you know, maybe there's some Spencer Dinwiddie-ishness to him in that regard, offensively. That intrigues me. We're talking second round. Indiana at 31. Gets me a little Indi- bit interesting. Th- that's a little interesting for sure. That's that's a good, that's a good spot. Um, um Orlando um, needs another guard, so maybe yeah. Orlando. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I hate to say it about every every single player, but Sam, this is a Sam Presti special. I um, obviously, like, okay, see, guard, okay, yeah. see, you, you always have to put in the mix for j- basically any prospect ever. Um, you know, I thought I like? Detroit at forty six, little little Cade Cade Brian Rollins mix yeah. could be intriguing um why not portland at 36 portland's in interesting 
Portland's Dame and him could be like buddies and be like, yeah, small school boys, you know, Buffy Anthony getters. Simons, small school IMG yeah, Academy. School. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but I mean, like New York at 42. Why not? Yep. Um, New York would be good. I love Minnesota maybe Portland, Portland East with the Cavs at 39, you know, a little, little Darius Garland, bad. Ryan Rollins backcourt. Who yeah, knows what Colin Se- what's going going to go on with Colin Sexton? Uh, they definitely needed another shot creator in uh, in their playing games. That could be interesting. He he fits a whole bunch of places. You know the the chat. Um, ben Darling and Swish Talk. They're they're big on the Grizzlies. Um, fits their culture. I think. I, I think he'd be good with the Grizzlies. We when we were doing the No Ceilings Pod. Um, on the playoffs, we mentioned how the Grizzlies like they need like another self creation guy, you know, like Bane was a big story. Uh, you know, they have Dylan Brooks, but they need like another possible guy who can go get a bucket besides Ja from the perimeter. So th- that's also another interesting, uh, interesting team for him. Yeah, Memphis is the type of team that would take it. I mean, they took my boy Santi Aldama at in the first round last year, right? Um, and I love Santi, but I was just kind of, that was one of those like, whoa, what? Like, really? Somebody somebody who. You know, and I love, I was like, this guy could play. And then I, they took him. I was like, oh my gosh, they did it. Who's running? One of, my, one of my like favorite people to that, like will be in the know and like know stuff. When that happened, just texted me. That was weird. Like that, that was it. <laughs> I think I got the same story for me. I think I got like a, what the fuck? <laughs> Did that just happen? Like, <laughs> like it was a like, hey, sh- we should meet up after the draft. Also, that was weird, right? And like, that was it. That was the whole conversation. But I mean, yeah. But that's the type there. of thing. Like if you believe in your guy, take him where you believe him, right? Yes. You know, that's the whole argument that we're making for Rollins as a, as a first round guy right now. Like we, if we see him as a first round talent, his draft stock ultimately on the internet is 54. That's a back end second round guy. Those guys aren't guaranteed to get drafted. This draft only has 58 picks. It's a really weak guard class. It is a really, it's a really weak, weak guard weak class. Guard class. Um, and I hate saying it because, but it, it, you watch it. And I think there's, there is room there's an area in this draft that someone could take advantage of that. Rollins could be a guy. Um, we talked about Jalen Williams earlier. He could be a guy like, yes, look what, look what golden state just got from Jordan pool by being patient. This is exactly the same situation where some team might be like, Hey, let's take this guy. Like he has the potential to be a really serious weapon for us. And, and let's just groom him. Like we're, we're believing in his upside. He's young. Um, he's shown the ability to be a multi-level scorer. Like he, he's got the, he's a hooper. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it could be happening. So, I believe it. I, I could see Ryan Rollins getting up there. Um, I'm I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I promise you, Corey. You got me on that on that wagon already. That was my whole goal. Yeah. That's the only goal. reason you did the podcast with me, is you just wanted me to buy into the Ryan Rollins experience. <laughs> um, if you were buying stock in Ryan Rollins, who may you have bought stock in previously? Oh, gosh. You did this to me earlier. Look, Wait, is this the, the is this the pro? This is the this is the comp thing. This is this the, is the comp, comp thing. Um, I hate comps. You know this. I know, I'm but sorry. it's a segment in the show. I know, but you, I'm sorry, everyone listening, because I hate comps. Uh, Ryan Rollins, six four. I'm contractually obligated to do this segment. I'm not. I mean, I, 
I, <laughs> I mean, I said, uh, I said Jordan Poole. Yeah. That's not really who I'm thinking. I'll give um, you mine. Yeah. Help me mine. out a little bit. I feel like he's guard Brandon Ingram. The, what? But yeah. Brandon Gr- Ingram, like, th- didn't really eat at college. Um, yeah, I, they're 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 long, they're lean, they're skilled, they're kind of shifty. I there's something about the way Brandon Ingram and Ryan Rollins move that I the on the floor that I feel there's a little similarity. I see Devin Booker in the mid range when he's operating out of the mid post. Um, this is gonna bug me because I'm gonna get off the air and think of one, and I'm gonna be like, "Son of a, that was exactly who I wanted to think." Now I'm just looking at player. Um, there's the CJ McCollum shiftiness. CJ um, was the one I was thinking, but I was like, "Is that cheating?" Um, man, this is really gonna bug me because I'm gonna think of one. I, I would probably go with CJ. I guess it's just a it's just a boring answer. Sometimes, because... sometimes the boring one could be the right answer. Yeah. You know, we miss Albert's uh, 1990s, you know, uh, yeah. comps. You know, that that's his specialty. We taking, taking the 90s guards. I don't know. He'd probably be like, uh, I don't even know. I can't even imagine who he would give for Ryan Rollins. Can I give like a, a terrible, a potentially terrible one without the group chat roasting me forever? Yeah. Because uh, I love YouTube you guys. chat. Please don't roast him. And also yeah, our group I, chat. I, yeah, I love you guys. I don't want to. Like maybe like a ugh, gosh, I'm even scared to say it. Like a a less explosive Oladipo. Okay. All right. I I was looking for some more support. <laughs> not my favorite. No, but I not mean, my, like I'm not saying I'm saying with like how he how he plays, how his speed is like changing. I feel his, like his feel. I feel like Oladipo is a little. He's a little herky jerky. Yeah. There's a little herky jerky. Who's a smooth guy that I'm blanking on? Like there, is, there's a very smooth player, not Sean Livingston, not pre-injury Sean Livingston because he's six seven. I don't know. I maybe don't know. it's Trey Man. Maybe it's maybe it Trey is Man Trey Man from our friend Swish Talk. Maybe it is Trey Man. All right, I think we did a That's good job on this episode. Yeah, I'll, I, I'll get the, better on my pro comps, boys and girls. The, the whole you. I think the whole episode was one big sell me this pen segment. I th- I think that yes. was. That was the goal of the episode. I've been wanting to do this episode for a long time, and I, I was really just putting it off as long as I possibly could because every time I watch it, I just keep coming back to his game, and I keep leaving more and more impressed every time I watch him. He's a guy who isn't getting the love I think he deserves, and uh, I'm glad we had this conversation. We talked it through. I'm glad. Thank you to everybody in the chat for participating in the episode, um, and thank you to, to everybody who was listening on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcast. I appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Rucker, tell the people where they could find you on the World Wide Web. Um, I'm at noceilingsnba.com, just like Corey. Uh, we're pumping out some good stuff. I'm excited for what we've got going on for little projects for YouTube. So that's going to be fun. And then uh, yes. on Twitter, you can follow me at BackcourtV, or my personal one is Tyler underscore Rucker. Um, they're both basically my personal ones, so I don't know really why I just said that, but, um, thank you guys for watching and Corey, thanks for having me on as always. Um, I hope Albert keeps staying away so I can just keep doing more of these and talk some draft guys with you, but shout out to everyone in the chat. I I love the questions. They're always a blast.
Um, yeah, definitely make sure you are subscribed to No Ceilings TV on YouTube because uh, we have got a fun show coming out April 25th um, that we're hoping to do weekly. We're really excited about Rucker and I. Uh, I have this week, I'm going to see a couple of guys work out. So yes. should have some some footage uh, on the Twitter. think I'm going to write about them coming up. So uh, that's going to be fun. So make sure you're locked in on the Twitter at Corey Tulliba at No Ceilings NBA. And uh, make sure you're locked into the NBA Draft Dude on YouTube. And as always, make sure that you subscribe, share, and rate the Draft Act NBA Draft Podcast. We will be back as always, next week, to bring you the most in-depth scouting coverage in podcast form. Until that time, we out, y'all. Peace.